I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of purepleasureshop.com. And I'm April, sex toy maven, VP of Hot Octopus, and I've dedicated my life to the business of sex. We're two people with a passion for educating and inspiring shame-free conversations about sex and relationships. Welcome Welcome to to the the Shameless Sex Revolution. Revolution. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSSEX at purepleasureshop.com. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Shameless Sex Podcast. This is a very, very, very exciting podcast. Why? Because we have new recording gear in April Will you demo what the recording gear can do now? Yes, I will, because we want to thank you all that have already supported our Amazon wish list. So thank you. <laughs> we applaud you we for love giving you. us the love. Oh my God, that's fun. Extra shout out to John and Josh. We will use your first names. Thank you so much for the new gear. Here we go again. <laughs> Uh, the new. This is we not why we bore you all with this. This, this is, is not, kind of. Fun. This is not why we got the new gear. We just discovered it can do that. And we're like, oh my god, this is so much fun, and we're going to try to figure out how to make our own moan sounds on here. But until then, this is what we have. So thank you so much. Uh, we are using this gear to vamp up, revamp, to build up, boost improve, up our podcast, improve our sound to all of you, and not just in the audio on the airwaves, but also on our Instagram and our TikTok because that's important too. On the digital view. On the digital. Realm. So uh, if you would like to donate, uh, buy us some things on the Amazons, go to the link in the show notes. Uh, you can find the link to our Amazon wish list. We accept all of your gifts. Thank you so much. It's supporting us. Yeah. And we appreciate that. So thank yeah. you in advance. And if you can't, that's okay, too. Thank Wait, you for listening. What about this one? That's just the drum roll. All right. Sorry. Okay, Don't let anyways. Amy control the soundboard, everyone. <laughs> All right. So this episode is with Dr. Tara from Love Bites. We had the pleasure of meeting Dr. Tara at the last Vibe Expo in Los Angeles. She was in the most fabulous pink. Yeah, she was. It was this light pink colored blazer suit, but like with a skirt, but that was classic and beautiful and gorgeous. And she's so smart, so gifted, yeah. so beautifully well-spoken. And yeah, it was an honor to have her on the show. Yeah, she's awesome and she's entertaining hilarious also she's an introvert like me she's like how long did it take you to recover from being trade show world i was like girl i was there for eight days and she was only there for like two days <laughs> but, but similar recovery i'm an introvert so uh, this episode will be about sexual confidence sex positions but also she talks about her own journey from being the introverted immigrant coming from thailand to the internet's resident sexpert the difference between micro and macro communication how to love yourself or just choose body new Neutrality. Also, shame within doing that cultural shame and familial, right? Yeah. It was hard sometimes for she's a doctor and, and her, her, she's a researcher, a badass researcher. Yeah. I think I called her a therapist on there on accident because I don't think she actually takes the title of therapist, but she does her own research and she, she has some fascinating stats and she about talks sex. About overcoming this and yeah. becoming this internet resident ex- sex expert. Uh, and she still is a professor and she still teaches folks. Yeah, she has tenure at yeah. mm, um, school. Oh, California State Fullerton. Fullerton, yeah. Yes. Okay, so, all right, one last announcement before we go into the sex question. Hey, everyone, how are you doing? Wait, Oh, Can I drum roll? Yeah. Nope, Nope. wait. See, still getting used to this. Wait. No, it's like the end. We need like a... We're 
clicking okay. on this. There's only yes. four buttons, and okay. you don't want to hear the us. other button because Some people it goes are like, on for I'm a long over time. these bitches right now. Move on. The other one's little boogie nights. Actually, oh yeah, I think it's about like it. 45 seconds. Long. That's when we get our sex on. Actually, we could do it right now, but I won't do it. April says, "Don't press." the button i was like uh, don't press a so uh we have our next retreat happening in tulum we have a number of people that have already signed up this is april 24th through 29th 2024 and we're so excited i cannot wait i, I need to get the f so out of dodge yes Dude, and we are time. very excited to go hang out there in community with other women or vulva owning folks and what we loved about our last retreat was not only did we have a whole new community new familia of lovely shameless sex Who we just hung fans. out with in la yeah, we to hang we out hung out with two of We hung out naked folks. in LA. Well, with well, one, one of naked. them. <laughs> one naked, one not. But the other one got to hang out with us naked yeah. on that one And it's just an ongoing <laughs> family. And they're already planning a reunion for us yeah. when we're on our book tour. So it isn't just one and done. We do value all the folks that go on the retreat. So go to shamelesssex.com and check yeah. out the details. It's in Tulum, y'all. Tulum is magical. That's where the Mayans were. There's Mayan ruins. And this is There's all for our, our folks that want to go to a place where they can relax and have fun and let loose and be shameless, make new friends. And hopefully, and this is what happened last time, leave feeling more turbocharged erotically or sensually or just in a really beautiful way connected to yourself and community and people left there just ecstatic and we will do that again. So please come and join us. Spots are limited. Sign up now. Uh, I'm going to quote a person on the WhatsApp group from our last retreat. It really is a shameless sex revolution. Oh. And they are living by that and they will also testify to that. So, okay, let's go Wait, on to the sex question. La- but lastly, I don't want to oversell anything. I want you to come. If it's not for you, then don't go. Okay, bye. The, nope. I'm going to disregard what she said because we have a scholarship spot available. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. So ignore what she said. So we have one scholarship spot. Well, no, so- if you want the scholarship spot, then yeah. check it out. But if you don't, if it's not for you, that's okay. Bye. That's okay. Then just listen. Podcast. So the scholarship spot that's available, everyone. Uh, if you want to learn more about the scholarship spot, we had one last time, so it's discounted at I believe forty percent off our lowest tier for pricing for rooms. And so, uh, like I think we said this before, but it's all inclusive retreat, very luxurious. Uh, if you go to our We Travel page, which is on our um, our podcast page, shamelessx.com, yes, click you, retreats. You can find it. You sign up. You send out your information, and then we will announce the winner of the scholarship. Six questions. Okay. I'm 23 years old and have had constant. Wait, is that your 23 year old voice? Because I like that. Let me do it again. I'm 23 years old and have had consistent travel. (laughs) Wait, just kidding. I can't. I can't. Okay. Well, that's hilarious. I wish I could use some of that. Okay, wait up. All right. I'm 23 years old and have had consistent trouble with sex and have never had an orgasm. I have an overwhelming frustration with the men I sleep with because they are always able to come every time. And no one has ever made me have an orgasm. I don't even know what would help me or where to begin. I rarely masturbate because my mind is all over the place. And if I do, I don't get turned on. Please help. So I like how this isn't gendered and we don't know the genitals and we don't know. I think it's a vulva owning. But either way, it could apply to anyone. Yeah. Really. If you think about it, it really could. They Um, do talk about frustration with men. However, that could be a penis owner, a vulva owner. I feel like you're a penis owner. You'd be like the other men. You'd be like, I get frustrated with the other men that can do this thing and I can't. But this is, yeah, vulva owning person is my guess and also based on the name, which I'm not going to say because we like to respect anonymity. Okay, so one thing I wanted to say was a shout out and this is shameless. Our book, 
This is one of the sex questions that was very popular in all the sex questions that we that we've received that we featured in our book. Oh, from the book, yeah. About not having well, actually, there's two facets of this that I think are both in our book about not having orgasms from penetrative sex from uh, vulva and penis sex. Uh, meaning, you're the vulva owner. And you're like, why am I not having orgasms from penetrative sex? What's wrong with me? Am I normal? Am I broken? And then also, there's the part about waiting for someone else to give you the orgasm, mm-hmm. like they're supposed to give it to you. Um, we're not insulting you, but that is. It's very common. And this person is only 23, I've so they're young. Also, I was there and Me we too. wrote about that in the book because it really was a huge portion of my life. And you're 23 and asking these questions. It took me until I was in my late 20s and even early 30s before I figured out, oh, wait, oh, my pleasure is about myself. I, I'm in yeah. charge of my pleasure. So it's it's amazing that you're writing us and hopefully listening to this because you can shift this and and don't worry there's nothing wrong with you nothing wrong with you at all so for a future reference if you want to check out our book you can get it on the audio version or the hardcover version you can get it on amazon and all the things barnes and noble your local bookstore for more information our book is written in a way where it is a choose your own adventure but it's choose your own pleasure path journey to figure out exactly what works for you so i can't have an orgasm from penetrative sex so our book would state okay but what's instead of just giving you the answers because that's not how we operate it's here's the options but where do you want to go what's the outcome you want do you want to learn to have have an orgasm penetrative sex for you? Is it for it to please someone else? Is it because you think it's what you should do? And then we give you a lot of ideas on how to navigate that. I love that because it says, I don't even know what would help me or where to exactly. begin. Yeah, which is, I get it. Can't, we can't tell you exactly where to begin. Like, okay, begin with But we say it starts with you with masturbation. It does. But, but you're already also, feeling lost with that. But you also have to go back sometimes and look at some of the previous experiences and things in your life that you may have not considered uh, being about your sexuality. Some Something that might not even be sexual at all that have triggered you to have this uh, mind being all over the place, I think it says, right? Which April and I, by the way, we do this all the time. Yeah, we have been like, this has been our biggest challenge, like separately, because we're not having sex with each other. But I I speak for myself, but I think you too, right? Our minds are like, bing, bing, bing. And that, that was part of it. Also, I was always in some form or another telling myself that I wouldn't orgasm from penetration. I couldn't. And I would wait for it to be over with. I'd fake orgasm. So I would get it over with, with penis owning partners. And that wasn't their job, nor was it their fault. That was how I um, approach sex. And they wouldn't know. I'd never explain that to them. However, I will say, there is not one solution answer or mm-hmm. just like a one a one switch answer or one one yeah one solution answer and there's no fixing there's this isn't a fixing not, no broken you're not broken however there are a lot of different avenues that you could take like pretend you're driving a car and you have a roadmap to get you to one place you could take the scenic route you get the direct route mm-hmm. and the book will help you choose those routes there are also a lot of different podcasts to help you. Yeah. We don't know all of the story, but I love this question because it's and so, so not only mysterious, also vast and And we've so, been there. <laughs> and it's so easy. Like relatable. It's so easily like a you can so easily drop into your sexuality anytime. But it's for, for this person probably doesn't address. feel easy. It's, it's feel, There's just a lot of options for how you can address it. I think for me, when I've been in this place where I haven't been having orgasms from penetrative sex or even just someone else's hands in my pussy, 
to address that took a lot of time and understanding and knowledge and experience and also uh, the masturbation practice too. Like for me, I would, I didn't, so April masturbated when she was younger. I tried and I'd be like, I don't really feel anything. So then I got over it. But, so that's but, the thing. What do you think about what, what, well, here's, what I wanna, here's what I want to yeah. say. Sex toys. So for me, different from April where she could have orgasms from humping a teddy bear at five or six, right? Yeah. And then you learned like I was, hands probably, or, I was five and a half. So for me, I didn't get that. So for me, my first orgasm and I had had penetrative sex with I think five people at that point when I was like 18 or 19, I got a vibrator and I had my first orgasm finally. And so I took matter into my own hands. And so here's in April, I say this often is that like a sex toys are the, kind of the fast lane to arousal, especially if your mind's like, fuck this, we can't do this. They bring us there quicker without us needing to deal with all of the mind heavies. And so if you have not purchased, because they never said anything about sex toys. On okay, here, I was wondering. So they it, never did. Okay. So, so you've never tried a sex toy. I would really, really advocate for trying a sex toy, but whatever you get, make sure it has multiple speeds and start with the lightest speed. And go with a smaller one. Maybe that could be like, like clitoral. Some people get overwhelmed or intimidated by bigger vibrators like baseball bat yeah, yeah like my baseball yeah bat. your baseball bat well, so they make minis now though yeah yeah the mini version <laughs> that's true so if you want some recommendations you can go to purepleasureshop.com go to shameless sexes faves and there's a whole section on there with our favorite sex toys it should tell you the size you should get a good idea if there's multiple speeds pure pleasure is also having a sale right now but it's only for two days when this podcast is out but you get 20 percent off of my favorite vibrator which is the womanizer premium too you know what's funny is that it says shameless sex faves and I'm always like, doesn't fave have like an E on the end? Wouldn't it be F-A-V-E-S? Damn it, Chip. You've got me again. I know. I'm like, isn't it the fabs? So look at shameless sex fabs. Look at our fabs. <laughs> and then the last thing I would say is just the self-pleasure practice. I get that it's, and this is in our book too, but I get that it's really hard to drop into, but patience and practice makes perfectly imperfect. That's why we did a whole campaign in Masturbation May like years ago, asking people to try to masturbate for 10 minutes without porn, without distractions. And it was really hard for a lot of people. It's hard for a lot of reason because you have to really be with yourself and that's normal. I would encourage you, this 23-year-old human, would you please, if you have the capacity try some of these things. If you don't get the book, um, just try some of the things that we've talked about and then write us back to let us know if how to go effective. Yeah. But we use, and, yeah, title the subject, something we'll notice, which I won't tell you because yeah. a lot of you will already do that. So use the you, same, you know, you, you know what to do. Yeah, Use the same <laughs> and same thread. I just want to know um, exactly what your experience is after you really apply some of these tools. And if you don't have patience, just try to be patient with yourself and go slow mm -hmm. okay deep breaths to go slow go focus slow. on the sensations and see what happens. but i like the help 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 <laughs> all right you ready for a bio yeah, Miss amy thank you all right dr tara is a tenured professor of sexual and relational communication a tv sexpert on uk's hit show celebs go dating and one of the most influential sex educators on social media to learn more follow her on instagram at lovebites or go to lovebites.com. Girls have like one of the biggest balls per ratio of their bodies. Seriously? I think that's yeah. where we're starting we're the podcast. We're starting the podcast yeah. with that. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Tell me more. So per ratio, squirrels, not like rats yeah. or mice. Squirrels. You know, you know, actually who told me this? Who? Dustin Garcia, the director of Kinsey Institute. He knows about squirrel balls. 
We went to yes, we went to lunch in Miami. Um, and and we were just talking, and he's like, "Did you know that squirrels have really big balls? Like one of the biggest balls compared to their bodies." <laughs> like, thank you for that fact. I You're needed like, now this I today. Do. I love uses knowledge like that. You have no idea that's where. Yeah, where that's used, oh, I yes. have used it at every dinner party. <laughs> so I'm just so curious about like so why like evolutionarily speaking like why squirrels have bigger balls and also there's like the fuck like a rabbit like do rabbits have really big balls like why is it fucking? No, I had rabbits like when squirrel. I was little. I don't. I don't remember balls being. They just do big. the like. They have like little hairy balls. Yeah. Yeah. Like we and we we don't necessarily like being fucked like that. I think. Yeah. Oh, the jackrabbit. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Serves a time and a place. I was just watching a that lot that of time. Napoleon, place. The Napoleon movie. Did you? I don't know. With uh, I haven't seen it yet. Is it good? Phoenix. You know, it's a it's it's a period piece. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, really good. Good. And, I mean, I, I feel like I, I learned some things. However, my point for bringing it up is that Joaquin Phoenix, he's Napoleon and he was uh, fucking his partner, Josephine, who he's in love with and he like to make a baby to make the air. And he was just like, and I was like, that looks horrible. And she's sitting there like, kind of like, oh, look at the finish already, you know? <laughs> and I was like, oh, Napoleon, you needed help with your with your positioning and your uh, frequency. So, so I, want, oh, I have I, a feeling that most world leaders are not good lovers. Yeah. I, I, so, please tell us more about that. And we are shaking our heads <laughs> or nodding. Yes. <laughs> Why well, do you think ex- that? <laughs> except Obama, because like Obama and Michelle always look like they're they just fucked. Like they always look like they just had sex. Like, you know, she she loves she loves having sex with him. (laughs) You can just tell by energy. Do you think that's a trick to like actually like show up? Not just like for you know our world's leaders, but you know, people on like on the movie set or something like freshly fucked. Like the post orgasm glow. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And it's that like adoration, right? Like she's always kind of like looking at him like adoringly, which you don't really see with other leaders and their like partners. Yeah. So yeah. I don't see Putin with any glow. Let me just tell you that. <laughs> he has his dogs. Oh, <laughs> they love him Lord. unconditionally. Oh. oh. <laughs> Anyways, not a political podcast, everyone. Hey, welcome <laughs> to the Shameless Sex Podcast. We just had to start it with that. The other thing I just wanted to add here, and because we're with so this episode with Dr. Tara, who is a phenomenal human being, sex educator, sex expert, therapist, all the things, the internet's resident sex expert. And she also has the Love Bites podcast. But also, if you go to look on the social world, she is big on the Instagrams and probably the TikToks. And so I, I like wanted the to say, plural. I like the pluraling, the Instagrams, Instagrams and TikTok, all of them. <laughs> and but I wanted before we move in, because this so this this episode is going to be just like random, random questions for the internet's resident sex expert. So we're going to talk about everything from communication to body neutrality to sex positions to how to discover your intersex to inter- squirrel balls and squirrel size. balls. So before we do, I just want to ask one other thing, what are your thoughts on this? So I heard, April, this is speaking to the Napoleon thing. Mm-hmm. I heard that the whole idea about a man's cock size, like a bigger cock being like, oh, he's such a man, actually wasn't the case, I don't know, many hundreds of years ago when it was actually about balls, mm-hmm. ball size. It was like a small cock, big balls. Mm-hmm. Actually, it was like, oh, look at that man over there. <laughs> Has anyone heard of this, Dr. Tar? <laughs> yes. Yes. Do you know why those marble statues have micro penises on? Because that's the most powerful men. It's actually like really popular in many eras, like Baroque, Renaissance, to uh, make these sculptures of men and the most masculine men have tiny penises. So, you know, like 
want to bring it back? Yeah. 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 You know, there is something to say about maybe that's because of I don't know that this is just a shot in the dark and I like to postulate and and (laughs) hypothesize and theorize. Uh, maybe it was because right childbirth was really difficult back in the in the mm-hmm. days right the renaissance period it was so dangerous to have children and maybe that was a sign that the the man had more fertility or more sperm or, or produce because it's like yeah. where the sperm or the produce. big balls yeah yeah the big balls <laughs> yeah. versus like a big penis like we, i can make a lot of babies just so you know yes right like our like legacy yeah. is ensured yeah like i can make 20 if you want <laughs> that's what i would think because if those things are swinging you and hitting you if you're doing a doggy style and you're you know you're in the medieval times or maybe like so the big cock also could have been like a d- dangerous like you get stuck on a branch or something so the smaller right. cocks is more survival i don't know yeah just like, well and just, they, they didn't have loop so Oh, like there's that. Not good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. I wonder what they use. Maybe saliva. water and saliva, maybe some wine Bit. or fermented beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my my pussy hurts just hearing you say that. Yeah, literally. Um, okay. Anyways, everyone back to the show. So Dr. Tara, we always start with the same prompt with all of our listeners, even though they heard a little bit about you in our intro and they probably have seen you on the internet because you are quite famous. But can you tell us a little bit more about how you got to where you are today in the field of sexuality and how did a shy immigrant from Thailand become the internet's resident sex expert? Mm, I mean, it's a it's a long story, but I'm going to keep it short. I'm originally from Thailand. I went to an all girls Catholic school. I grew up in a very conservative family. We went to temple like two, three times a week. I pray every day, meditated every day. I I still do. Um, But I grew up super religious in both ways, Catholic, um, like with Catholicism and Buddhism infused because like school and home. And that was the environment that I grew up in. So I, so naturally, I was very sexually repressed. Uh, but yeah, I was surprising, have, but not <laughs> <laughs> extremely yeah. repressed. Mm-hmm. But my natural inclination is curiosity and exploration. Like I've always been kind of the kid that like runs away and look at things and not really staying focused. Um, I remember being 11 and in Thailand, you use bidets. Like you've, you've been to Thailand. Like, you know how we have those bidets, the handheld oh, ones. Yeah. Yes. And I would just like use it for a long time because <laughs> it felt good. I didn't know it was orgasm or just or pleasure or whatever. I just felt good. And I remember that that was kind of like my first time realizing like my body could do different things. And uh, I was really curious about that. However, it's still within the context of like so much repression and shame within myself because everywhere I'm taught to like not explore my body not show my body, not explore sexually. So when I went to high school, I went to high school in Finland. That was my first time seeing other naked bodies. So in Finland, they go into saunas together naked. And it's multi-generational. So like when I stayed with a host family, like there was a grandpa, a grandma, the parents, and the three kids. And they all went into the sauna together naked. So like I saw grandpa's balls and, you know, I was just like, whoa, this is so crazy. This is the craziest thing I've ever seen because I'm from Thailand. You know, I've never seen anything like this before. And uh, the kids were normal. Like they didn't freak out that they just saw these guy's balls. And it's like the father's father. And I was just so both confused, but also like excited (laughs) (laughs) that all of this is happening. And that was when I first was introduced to like nudity and like sex positivity and just people not 
caring about their bodies, like body neutrality. Like just not really emphasizing it. It's not like, oh my God, it's a celebration. But it's also not like, I fucking hate myself, right? It's like in between, which I really loved. I really enjoyed. So after that, I came to LA. And, you know, LA is like one of the most, I feel like, sexually liberated places in the world. LA, New York, like Europe, and many cities in Europe, like Amsterdam, London, right? So being like an Asian girl, like immigrant from Thailand and going to school and trying to like find myself, but also super insecure because, you know, here I am like short, skinny, didn't speak fluent English, just like a lot of pain points, a lot of reasons why I was super insecure. And throughout my 20s, I would like heal it with trying to become really good at school so that I have something to show. And in school, I started studying relational communication. So I studied interactions within romantic relationships. And the first study ever that I presented at a conference, and I then later published it in an academic journal, was on long-distance relationships and effective strategies in maintaining long-distance relationships. So that's how I got started, like studying relationships. And also at the time, like exploring a lot, but still live in my very like insecure, disempowered space. Then I went to a PhD program and there I learned like so much research and so much theory and just learning about how humans behave, why they behave that way has been really empowering for me. At the same time, I was also exploring like psychedelics, which has helped me a lot in in like understanding myself and like what I'm here for, like in the world. So yeah, at this point, I was all over the place. After I graduated with my PhD, I got my dream job at Cal State Fullerton as a tenure track professor. And again, I was still in my like, I'm going to achieve, like I'm going to get tenure, the youngest person to get tenure and just focus on that. But at that time, uh, I was in my, you know, I was past 25. So my mom's like, you got to get married. You know, like you're getting old. You got to get married. Like all your friends are married because in Thailand, people can marry at like 23. So I went on Tinder and married like the first person I met. No, (laughs) seriously? What? Uh, We got married in like six months. Um, We're divorced. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Surprising. Wow. But that was the moment that changed my life. Um, that marriage and like me exploring my own like desire, sexuality, passion. What do I need in life? Like building my own self-esteem, self-worth, self-respect, and also not really attach my value to what is quote unquote seemingly successful because I was seemingly successful. I was married to this man. He's tall, handsome, rich. We live like oceanfront property. We travel the world. We went to Greece. Like life's great. I'm a professor at Cal State Fullerton. Life's amazing. But inside it was not. It was not at all. Mm -hmm. I was very, what's a good word for it? Oppressed? Yeah. (laughs) yes or or you couldn't shine you couldn't shine your light because you felt like you were fitting in a box that maybe wasn't your box dim down dull Mm -hmm. that's literally do we have the same story (laughs) (laughs) i mean we've been there in different ways yeah yeah. i think a lot of women have actually Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. so i was in that where it's like well i should be happy because it checked every box this marriage 
like checks every box and why am I not happy? And then it made me feel like I'm being ungrateful and I'm not being positive. So I went down the rabbit hole of fixing myself. I was seeing everyone. I was seeing like a therapist, a chiropractor, a coach, a life coach, a money coach, a love coach, like just figuring out myself. And this is why like I love other professionals because I know like I needed them and they were there to like help me. So I went through like a huge personal transformation from my divorce where I purposefully like write things down daily where like I choose myself and all the desires that I have that I'm choosing every single day. And I do that and I say it out loud and I write it down and I do all the things. And when I talk to my friends, I talk about it in a manner where I put myself first. And that was like the change that put me in this field. Because once I was on my way to feeling very empowered by myself, I started teaching in class what more like myself. And that's where my students came in because I was always teaching sexual communication. I wrote a textbook with two of my other professors and my students are like, oh my God, Dr. Tara, you're so funny in class. You should have social media. And this, this was like three years ago. I didn't have social media. And they were like, you should have social media. I was like, what would I put on there? And they were like, just this, just say this in like 30 seconds. And so I started, you know, doing social media and I really liked it. And it got really positive feedback. Like I grew my TikTok like to 2 million in two years, which was really incredible to see how like I was there for other people when they feel ashamed. I'm saying things uh, shamelessly. Mm -hmm. I'm saying things shamelessly. So it allows them to for space to not be ashamed. So I felt very grateful at the time and still now for my students for pushing me to like have social media. So mm -hmm. all in all, I love Gen Z's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. And, yeah. yeah, thank you, Gen Z's. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, I started my social media and here we are, you know, as a mm -hmm. sexologist who like, I study sex and I research sex and I write about sex because of my job as a professor. But my like social media life and like the TV show and all of that, it's, it's all, it started because of my students. Time for a quick break so we can tell you about our carefully chosen sponsors. Please stay tuned and buy their products because we only tell you about what we love and what we truly believe in, and it helps keep this podcast free to you. Do you ever open the refrigerator and then go blank about what to make for dinner? Um, always. Or do you ever walk around the grocery store aimlessly searching for inspiration? Don't even get me started with the grocery oh, store. No. The lines, the stress. I prefer to keep it both fresh and stressless with tasty recipes delivered right to my door by HelloFresh. I'm a busy person. I know you are too, Chip. And I consider myself a good cook. But with HelloFresh, I have more time for me. Plus, I go from good to great in the kitchen. With over 45 recipes and more than 100 seasonal add-on items to choose from every week, it's easier than ever to find something everyone will enjoy. I agree 100%. And I recently made HelloFresh's miso sesame shrimp and bacon ramen mic drop let me tell you right wait you brought me leftovers oh well sorry no we ate it all it was too good and it was so easy and incredibly delicious hey podcast fam listen up if you're tired of the same old recipes and those terrible grocery store runs or you just like someone else to think up some yummy new dishes for you then you gotta check out america's number one meal kit just go to hellofresh.com 
com slash chip and dip free and use code chip and dip free for free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at hellofresh.com slash chip and dip free and code chip and dip free. HelloFresh can help you put the chip into your dip too. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, isn't I love it? That. it? So this is just a testament in this, and thank you for Kapunka for sharing <laughs> because because it's like this you being yourself, right? You finally were able to be yourself. It can be scary, but you want to uh, kind of steer yourself away from rejection. At least I know that that's a case for a lot of people, and it's scary to put yourself out there. Social media, it can be worse than Judge Judy's court, right? Oh Where people God. are Rough. nasty. Ruthless. And so, and it's ruthless and and demeaning and people really, they really could just cut you. And so I I love though, yes, mm-hmm. I love that you're, you you could be yourself and you opened up and, and you've grown so fantastically mm-hmm. on those channels, helping people though, really. It's not just you taking selfies of yourself, like look it up, beautiful I am. Because yeah. that to me is like, it's great. There's a purpose for it. But like, you're helping people. <laughs> There's purpose yeah. for it. Yeah. I mean, off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. right? So we're wanking. I just feel like that's when I've come into my power in my life and I'm not talking, um, bringing this to me, but I just want to say like that resonated with me because I feel like I was trying a lot of times to be something that I wasn't over the years. And the moment that I really started to shine in my life and be in my flow and in alignment, I felt like with what maybe that I was supposed to be on this planet for or like how I am was we're just talking about myself. sex a lot. We're talking yeah. about sex a lot, but being awkward and being weird because yeah. I am. I'm like a weirdo. And I'm and I do. I've I'm I have ADHD since I was little. And you know, I'm squ- I squirrel out all the time. And I always thought that something was wrong with me. And same in the bedroom, right? Like I was always like, what's wrong with me? Mm. Because I'm not doing it what I, but people talk about. And so I just wanted to commend you for finding that flow and saying thank you in gratitude for helping others find their flow in life and in, in sexuality by sharing your story. So then that wasn't my question. I just wanted to say that that came up with, with for me. Yeah. And especially as an immigrant woman, you know, that's like a heavy with parents like pressuring you and then you got divorced. You're probably like, fuck, oh <laughs> like, what's God. wrong with me? Like, is there something oh, wrong I with me? Like right? I feel like the divorce itself can be the entire episode because like that was a lot like just my my personal experience as well as like my family and like how disappointed they were because you know like where I'm from people don't ever fucking get a divorce like you stick it out that's the testament of a good woman a good person Mm -hmm. like you stick it out you're there for your husband you support your family you have children and you raise them right and you know it's it's never about personal happiness it's all about the collective we're a collectivistic culture, right? Which has its perks. Like, you know, my friends always say, you never see homeless Asian people because Asians stay at home. <laughs> never thought about this, but you're yeah. right. Shit. Yeah, like when you're in LA and like downtown LA where I live, you never see Asian homeless person because like the how tight the family unit is yeah. and how tight the collective is. Like someone will 100% help you even if you're a very problematic person, right? So it's like to its fault yeah. almost. But that's the tightness of the family, which I love. There are parts of the culture and my religion, like Buddhism, that I love but then there's parts that are oppressive as hell for women that I discarded and I no longer have them with me. <laughs> I just, I, I trash, I put it in the trash. 
Um, uh, but April well, actually was well, not hers. It's from our friend in the adult toy industry where it's not put in trash. You put it on ice. You yes. you have a ceremony. You like fold this photo it's of from whatever our French friend. Yeah, who uh, her, her grandma used her to do grandmother. That? Well, it's, she you put on ice. She's from France, and and when I was going through a hardship, she was like, "Oh, honey, you have to put him on ice." My <laughs> grandmother, she has so many things on ice in her fridge. You have no idea. I was like, "Oh my god!" Wow. Yeah, and okay, and it worked. I felt like that icing the energy, but uh, Ooh, yeah, I like call. that. Yeah. It's icing the energy, and yeah. then if you want to take them off ice, you can. But uh, you can have like fifty little little uh, rolled up uh, pieces of paper in your freezer with people's names on ice. Well, we both, I think you and I both separately put two people in the freezer, and then and I know that at least one of those those the people I put in the freezer, like I still have, it's my dad. I I'm still contact on occasion in the freezer. Oh, yeah. Make, oh, you only had one. Yeah. You put your dad in there. No. <laughs> I was trying to. I was trying to hear. I thought my dads were in the ice box together. Also, <laughs> you're really good at impersonation. Like you should do stand up. Oh, well, I should. Well, I don't know. I also want to say because so the family unit thing, uh, unsheltered or homeless folks that are Asian, you're right. My sister-in-law, she was from Laos. And so it was and then her family immigrated in the 70s. Yes. From Laos. And they always lived together. And until they were uh, folks were married because she had two brothers and a sister. And they once they got married, they moved out of the family unit. But they still were so involved. And even if they were in their 30s, you know, one of the brothers yeah. lived there until he was 30s. And yeah. um, it's I know other folks that immigrated from um, different parts of Asia that it's it's the same and it's very yeah. culturally acceptable and yeah. I mean if you meet a 30 year old dude that's from Wisconsin uh who goes with his mom who lives with his mom, with his mom, mom like, like I don't know. Okay. Uh, something wrong with That's you. the difference. Yeah. yeah. In Thailand, if they were 30 and they did not live, like if, let's say there's a single guy and he's attractive and you meet him at like a bar and he and he says he does not live with his mom, that's a huge questionable thing. Like, are you from a broken family? Uh. And it's like a huge um disadvantage in dating in Thailand. And in a lot of Asian cultures, like Japanese culture, Korean, Chinese, if you didn't live with your family. Like, why? Like, yeah. what's wrong with your family? That's so yeah. interesting. It's okay. so different. On, on this topic, and this was not even in our list of questions, but I'm just <laughs> curious about, so we're bringing it to sex. And so you are the internet's resident sex expert and, or sex expert, a sex expert. And you have your family that with upbringing in Catholicism and Buddhism. How does everyone in your world feel about you being the internet's resident sex expert? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> At the beginning, not great. My dad was very anti like all the social media and media stuff. He's like, stay in your lane, like be a professor because it's, you know, like it's prestigious. It's serious, right? Like serious things are worthy. Unserious things are not. Even though he he's like a life of a party, but like, you know, in terms of your work domain, you should have like a status, a position. So he did not like it when I started doing like social media and media stuff. He actually would like just tune out when I talk about it, like when I go home to Bangkok and, you know, I would go for like a month and we would talk about that. And my dad would just be like, uh, it's it will all end soon. <laughs> like as in it's a phase. Mm -hmm. It's like. I'm still bisexual, but uh, <laughs> that's not leaving dad. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that, he's like, it's a phase. It will, it will go away. It's social media, whatever. And then, you know, here I am a few years later and all, and it just gets like bigger and bigger. And I think now he has accepted that I really love it. And he accepted that it's okay for something that I love. 
he still doesn't think I should be talking about these things online or on the media. But he's like, well, it's not some, it's not something I can do. If I can choose, I would just choose for you to be a professor and like go through, go just go through your like ranks, mm-hmm. right? Become an associate professor. And now I'm an associate professor, but then work to become full and like all of those things like in the in academia. But my mom though. <laughs> My mm-hmm. mom's so fun. <laughs> My mom has never had a vibrator until she was 60. You gave it to her, didn't until you? Until she was 60. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you gave it, yes. Thailand, and yeah. Wait, but Thailand, vibrators are illegal. Right. I, they yeah. are. Because I yeah. brought one and I was like, should I put this in nature's pockets so no one finds it? <laughs> I'm scared. I'm scared. I did That's it. That's her pussy. I just, I, yeah, I just put it in my cosmetics bag and hope for the best. <laughs> Like, I'm not going to Thai prison today. I'm bringing one that looks like a oh, Coke bottle. Girl, you'd be so popular in Thai prison. <laughs> yeah, they would be like, oh, Sandra Bullock. <laughs> not without my vibrator. I'd be like, oh, <laughs> damn it. We'll all <laughs> finger bang you in yeah, prison. They, yeah, there you go. I'd make best friends. As long as her nails were trimmed, I'd be fine with it. Oh, my, oh God, my so God. That would, you, that would be a good book. Not with, like, not with these. No, not, not those fucking these, talents. Uh-uh. Tara, I'd be like. Uh, so wait, you gave your 60-year-old mom yes. her first vibrator. Yeah, and she loves it. At first, she didn't know how to use it. She like called me. And she's like, how do you use it? I'm like, just turn it on. And she's like, and then what? <laughs> I'm like, mom, I'm going to send you a porn video to watch. She's like, no, don't send it. <laughs> I don't want to have it on my phone. Like the government will know. <laughs> it's true. It's usually banned. I try to look at porn when I was in Thailand. And I got, they know. Oh no my God, you trying to look at porn when I you were did, in I did. No, and you. By myself. I was like, without porn for a month. She's <laughs> firewall too strong. Hey, you know what? It, ha- what? it helps me sleep. Okay. I was trying to okay. go to sleep. I it's like dipsy like, sleep stories, but porn. <laughs> I do, do want to share another fun fact because yes, vibrators and like all those things are ne- not technically legal as well as prostitution is not technically legal. But in Thailand, they don't actually like enact these laws. Yeah. So there not are like, bathhouses with for prostitutes it. everywhere, everywhere. Bathhouses everywhere with prostitutes inside. Soy and, cowboy, you know, soy cowboy, right? That yeah, that's yeah. one of them. And then like right. tons of sex toys are sold on the street, like you know, with the with the kiosk thing on the street. Right. Gently used, no, I'm just <laughs> no, no, no. Potentially, yeah. Some guys <laughs> like it. You know, they sniff in and they jerk off. Uh, yeah, ooh, that's ex- charge ooh. more. Uh, Have higher. you ever thought about selling your vibrators on Poshmark? <laughs> Oh, Poshmark. I didn't even think about that. No, no I was thinking OnlyFans. Well, that's, that's, these that's are used. <laughs> I mean, look, mine got a lot of buildup. So like, <laughs> she does not like to clean her sex toys. I do, but I just forget. I clean them for her. I always preach about it to okay, We talked sorry. about OnlyFans and various things like that. So yes, we have thought about doing this at some point. Um, so April's vibrator, crusty and all, coming to you for a $1,000 starting bid. I don't know if it's a bidding Starting bid. bid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so that's kind of like the vibe. My mom has been like really supporting me. She like liked all my posts. And we even made a video together one time when she visited last year here. We made a a sex positive video where I was like, sex positivity. We love it. My mom like, (laughs) and then my mom said, hell yeah. (laughs) Like this little 63 year old woman. Um, She's just, uh, she's so supportive now. At the beginning, she did not like it and she didn't understand it. But I think after talking through it uh, with her and how much I'm passionate about it, I think she really, she supports me so much now. It's very sweet. Although she's still like, doesn't really share with other people because like her friends, they have like this group of like, like bitchy old ladies. (laughs) 
that and they read together, but they don't really read, you know, like, like they're not reading. They just our gossip and can we send? Can we send them shameless sex? The yeah, book? you should. <laughs> you should. We'll cross our sex and put intimacy. Shameless shameless intimacy. intimacy. <laughs> yeah, or like we hate our husband. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there you go. they would they would go to like this book club and they would pretend to read, but they don't really read. They gossip, but she still like doesn't really tell them about what I do. And then one of them like through their son like found my Instagram. And that's like a whole thing, like where mm, my mom's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, you know, she just does that occasionally. And you don't do that like, occasionally. I watch you on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not occasional. You're you're doing some big things on there. Yeah. So <laughs> she she's still she it's her journey. Right. Yeah. Like accepting me is her journey. Like I my journey is her accepting me. Yeah. But then her journey is the ability to share it with her friends, which I don't take it as my own. Like, I'm like, you yeah. go, you do you. <laughs> you you can't, yeah, personalize or, or I'll speak for myself. Like I, for me, if I want to be, oh, they're offended by what I do. Like I've heard right. certain people, I won't say names, but said like, oh, you work in the sex toy industry. That's almost like a lesser than like, what kind of adult You're does that? You're a porn that? star. Yeah. Or like, but what kind of adult does that? Right. And to me, I'm like, that's just, you know, someday you'll figure it out, by the way, because I'm your best friend to give you the best sex stories. But I mean, my family <laughs> lied about what I did for years before I Women's had the podcast. Health. There, or, or she sells laundry or she sells cosmetics or oh. and there is even shame still a little bit within in terms of like my mom talking to her community, because uh, it's also what you're talking about, this like mm-hmm. kind of older women that are yeah gossipy, they're religious yeah. And, and they're religious, yeah. too. And they yeah. they are like, oh, we don't do that. And like, do what? You mean ha- like have sex? OK, then you have three kids. Like have How a lot of mind blowing orgasm. So, yeah. So, mm. so it's confusing. But I, oh I feel God. it's generational. And yeah. I actually get a kick out of it. I uh, for a long time was so. I was oppressed by it. I felt like I was oppressing myself and I wanted to fit into the box that was would please my family or please my mother or please my grandmother or please the people that were offended by me from where I grew up. And then I realized, I was like, no, that's not okay. That's their stuff. That's their yeah. stuff. And if they don't want to accept me, then they don't get a relationship with me until they can come clear with their own self. Like, right? Yeah. And I think this would apply to anyone that feels like, I'm going to use the term closeted. And a lot of people think closeted is like an orientation thing, but closeted meaning like, I can't be all, I mean, yes, I know I want to be naked all the time. I'm naked, Amy. And that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about like, I get the privilege of doing exactly what I want all the time. It's that I can like live as me and tell you about like what interests me most in life. And it might be sex. I might, I don't have to tell you about like the raw dog and I did last night, but I can be like, <laughs> you know, I, here's the, here's my question about it. Maybe, or maybe yes. They yeah. need it. Yeah. <laughs> Time for a quick break to talk about one of our sponsors who just so happens to be our absolute favorite lube, Uber Lube. Uber Lube is a luxurious silicone lubricant and it enhances intimacy. It's there when you want it and it blends in when you're done with it. So you have control over that lube. It's long lasting and leaves the skin extra velvety. And honestly, y'all, I want it all over my body. Thousands of doctors in the U.S. are recommending Uber Lube to their patients. It's body friendly, less likely to change the pH, and it has vitamin E so it feels extra moisturizing. 
There's a reason why we've been a fan of Uber Lube for years. There's no flavor or scent. It's even great for oral sex, everyone. But it's not just great for sex. You can use it for massage, your hair. You can prevent chafing. It even brings out the colors of your beautiful tattoos. And the bottle is absolutely gorgeous. It looks more like a cosmetic, so you can leave it anywhere shamelessly for easy access. Just go to uberlube.com and use the discount code SHAMELESS10 to get 10% off and free shipping. Again, that's U-B-E-R-L-U-B-E.com right now with code SHAMELESS10 for 10% off and free shipping. This podcast is also brought to you by OMGS.com. Join over 1 million people who are experiencing more pleasure with OMGS. They take scientific research of thousands of vulva owners showing techniques to pleasure that pussy. They turn this research into tasteful educational short videos, animated modules, and infographics. OMGS is for anyone who wants to learn about vulva pleasure or take it to the next level. Want to take your orgasms from good to out of this world? Then check out OMGS. Or if you're a vulva lover and want to up your pussy pleasuring skills, then you need to check out OMGS. I've personally been recommending OMGS to my clients for years, and it's completely changed their lives. They have three seasons, external pleasure, internal pleasure, and sex toys. It's not a subscription service, and you don't need to download a thing. OMGS also makes a fabulous gift, and your purchase supports more pleasure research. So just go to omgs.com shameless to get 10% off right now. Again, that's omgs.com shameless to receive 10% off unlimited access towards enhancing your pleasure power. The link is in the episode's description. Totally. Yeah. And I think so. Some things I've observed because I, I, I do stalk you on the Instagrams. Yes. I said Instagrams again. The, the um, Instagrams. Instagrams. The Instagrams. Yeah. the Instagrams. And you're you're really good at, well, de-shamifying anything that has to do with shame around sex. And I also like how you te- I've learned, so learned some new terms from you. One this is not our question point here, but one was um, instead of virginity is what was it? What is it? Your debut. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Your debut, debut. Your sexual debut. Sexual debut. Yes. Sexual debut. Because yeah. we've been looking for a new term here and we're like, virginity. We're like, so we say the first time you had penetration or whatever. But the other <laughs> one is body neutrality. And I don't know if that's yours, uh, but I, I love that because I know that we've talked about this. Like people are like, I don't love my body or how do I learn to love myself? Everyone says you have to love yourself before you can love someone else, blah, blah, blah. And you talk about body neutrality. So can you describe in your own uh, idea of what body neutrality is and how it's different from fully loving yourself? Yes. (laughs) Body neutrality is the concept that you can love and appreciate your body's functionalities without this like extreme positivity and celebration around its beauty. So it is appreciating and loving for function over beauty because we tend to glorify beauty a lot. Um, I mean, I shouldn't say in contemporary society, actually, it's been forever. We've always just glorified beauty, especially for women. Imagine like the women back then in the Renaissance or whatever, right? When people, when women like couldn't work and like didn't, weren't appreciated for their talent. The only thing people cared about was beauty. So it carried forward until now, like now we still, we still do it, right? Like we put makeup on, we do our hair and that's the quote unquote, like the acceptable way. 
And that's okay, right? I do it too. I I enjoy it too. But at the same time, I think there is this, there is this push for like loving the body that's and its beauty for what it is, which I don't disagree. I just can't do it sometimes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I had to find something that worked for me and all the people that follow me that also can't do it. So I'm like, okay, let's let's change the narrative here. Let's not be like, okay, like I feel fat today, but oh my god, my body is so beautiful. Maybe I don't feel beautiful today, but my body works, and mm-hmm. I am so fucking appreciative of my body and how it how much it works for me. Right, the the functionality. I think the think of like buying a car, like a car that takes you to places. Right, like there's cars that is functionable, and then there's like Ferrari. Mm-hmm. Like, do we feel like Ferrari on a daily basis? Probably not. But can we just be like a Honda and <laughs> and go places? Still go to beautiful places. Go to eat. Go see our friends. Like. It serves so many purposes and like just all the functionality. So that's body neutrality. Is it just is <laughs> like mm-hmm. this is your yeah. body. I love it for its for all the things it does. I think that is so profound because if you look at and I'm going to speak for women because I'm a woman and if you look at let's just talk about the 1900s and what the precipice of what beautiful was each decade from the 1900s, the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s. And if you try to fit yourself into the box, I'm going to like, I'm going to get my nose like this. I'm going to be super skinny because that was what the heroin addict look was really big in the 90s, right? On the runway. You Now you want the Kardashian Mm -hmm. culture that is happening. Like I want to get butt implants. I want a skinny waist and I want to have this like really like Mm -hmm. this face with like really large full cheeks and um, zero wrinkles, and zero wrinkles, which it's because we're all on film or I want these huge eyes and people are really this is what I see. People are trying to fit in no matter they're born a certain way and they want to look a specific way because of what media is sharing about what beautiful is, what the trends are. And there, I mean, it's insane to look at what the transition of beauty is when being skinny was a sign of you're poor and being voluptuous or Which curvy. Still yeah. think so again, like this where we are now at uh, this time of 2024. There are places where being skinny yes. still is your poor. I'm so let me speak for Western culture then. And maybe I'm not trying to generalize. It's difficult not to because uh, you do get a lot of trends that do carry over to other cultures, like in Korea, uh, chin implants to make their chins yeah. uh, more. That's the number one uh, plastic surgery. And yeah. obviously, um, breasts are a different conversation. And so I'm I don't want to tangentially speak because I don't think it's fair. However, I myself will question my face, my structure of my face, because it's not plump like Kim Kardashian, you know, because I'm I'm losing yeah. collagen and depth and, and fat in my in my face. And I'm like, no, April, this is just what's happening. Let's embrace this. I'll get bangs. For me, that's better than Botox, right? Because <laughs> I, I'm like, I don't want to look like I don't want to get all wrinkled and, and like mm-hmm. a prune. Um, and I also, also look fantastic with bangs. Yeah. Too. And I love my bangs. So yes. and, and I'm not I just think that sometimes I see women that I know and that I love that are like, okay, I'm going to get 
these like fillers in my lips or fillers in my cheeks or fillers in my face or I want and and I don't shame them because I understand at the same time if you're going to go through major plastic surgery to make yourself look a certain way like I want huge butt implants cuz that's big right now for me. Yeah. Um like if someone said that I would be like why? And yeah. is it functional? <laughs> is it fu- is it functional? Are you getting there? Yeah. If, do you want to do that? Because is it going to if it, if it makes you feel better? Then I totally understand. Like I wear makeup because yeah. I think it makes me feel more pretty. Yeah. I work out because I I like to feel like more vital and and like I can be strong. I love fashion because I love the way dress like different clothing makes me feel. So I hope that I I didn't go off on too much well, of a tangent. I but I just want to speak to that too, thing, like a little bit. In ten years, the butt implant thing might not be cool anymore. Like if you're just doing exactly. the thing. That's cool right now. (laughs) My eyebrows microbladed years ago because the big full eyebrows were really in, right? They're not in anymore, but they're they're sort of. Are they they not? Oh my God. They are. They fix my eyebrows right now. No, no. But I'm regretting it because now like they're misshapen. So I'm trying to grow them out. And I'm like, why did I do that? Now I've got like weird tattoo marks that are like old on my face. And I was like, April, if you just would have stuck to what you look like and just filled them in with a pencil, you would have been fine. And now you got to deal with this. money. And I would <laughs> well, so I I just want to encourage everyone out there also listening to you, doctor, because I think that beauty is in the eye of the beholder and what we see now on social media and with all the filters and shit. People want to go to their plastic surgeon and ask them to look at these filters. It's not what's going to be trending in five years from now. Go do express yourself with your clothing. That isn't permanent. Right. But she loves uh, clothes. I do. Not surprised. So I, so that's, I don't know if you want to comment on that. I do have a question, but I I just, that came up for me. I wanted to share. You are really like, so you like, you're like Siri. <laughs> I just want to ask you shit and then talk to you about it. Like, I feel like, are you the guy? <laughs> yeah. like, Dr. Tara, what do you think about this? Can I text you? Yes, you could text me. Perfect. Oh my god. So that's what the question she really had. Can I check? Yeah, you? that's it. Are you serious? Are you actually serious? Okay. So what are the predictors of long-term sexual satisfaction? I'll get to an actual question. And and I'm sorry that I went off on such a tangent. The listeners are probably like, God damn it, April. Shut up, squirrel. Gucci squirrel. Fine. No, I think I think that's a really good point. Before we move to predictors of long-term sexual satisfaction, I do think that there is a balance between like agency, like doing things for yourself versus doing things because you want other people to think of you in a certain way. And I think beauty is kind of like one of those things. If you investigate, if you meditate it, if you journal, and it is like, these are some of the things you want to do for yourself, you know, feel free to do so. Like I don't, I would never shame women for getting Botox or, you know, getting, um, a facelift or whatever they want to do. Um, but at the same time, uh, there is a lot to be said between doing things for yourself and doing things because you want other people to not judge your aging. Mm-hmm. And by the time I'm 50, like maybe I'll talk about it differently. But for now, I think that's kind of my belief is I still, I haven't yet get Botox, but a lot of my friends do. And I don't ever shame them for choosing to do it for themselves. Uh, but they always tell me like, Tara, you got to start young because by the time I know, you're, we got white girl situations over here though. So <laughs> this is different. We yeah. crack way, we yeah. crack quickly. We crack really quickly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, all my white girlfriends are like, girl, you got to get it since you're 25. It prevents. You definitely it. do like, not need to do that. <laughs> 
No. It's not according to my friends. They were like, you're, <laughs> you're 10 years late. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. So, so yes. one thing, and I just want to just add, and I'll just make it really short, is that in the last year, I actually, with, the, with the body neutrality thing, I was like, okay, I'm 38 turning 39 and, you know, soon to be my 40s into like have my, and not that I've ever had like a six pack or any of that shit, but like to have this idea that I always have to have some, a body that doesn't have meat on it specifically around my stomach area, which is kind of natural for my body build and genetics. I'm like, I'm like coming to terms with that of just like, Let's be fucking realistic. Like, do you all of a sudden want to start going to work out three hours a day, five days a week, as opposed to your lovely one hour? No, I don't. I want to. And also, I'm a fucking woman. I have pubic hair. I have meat on my bones. And I'm not not shaming like men for this because I think it's also other women, right? Like this whole idea that we need to be a certain way. So that's just my my like soapbox moment of you, that you embracing body neutrality. It's been really powerful for me. Just like, okay, here then the functionality piece. Like this yeah. having some cushion on my body actually feels better and healthier and warmer. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just, yeah, it's just a different <laughs> approach that feels really helpful. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> Talking about body neutrality, but also body image, that's one of the variables that I studied in the study that I did two years ago. So two years ago, I embarked on this project where I wanted to collect data from as many people as possible um, within a six-month period about their sex life, about their relationship, about how they feel about themselves, and how all of those things predict long-term sexual satisfaction. So in this study, uh, the participants are either currently in a long-term relationship or they were in a long-term relationship. So all the participants had experience in long-term relationship. And I studied over 5,000 people. And uh, based on the study, we found four different variables that are significant predictors of long-term sexual satisfaction. And I feel like you guys can guess here because you actually talk about it in your book. So um, okay. how many guess of them? some of the variables? Yes. So can I go, can I go first? <laughs> Please yes. go first. Uh, um, excellent communication skills. Something about communication. Yes. Communication. Yes. So yes. sexual communication is one of the variables that are actually that's very a very strong predictor of I'm gonna go with huge testicles on the <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm close, but sexual self-esteem. Oh wait, oh, okay. but, sorry, okay. on the communication piece, I would just can I throw this in there? You talk about the difference between micro and macro communication. Oh, yeah. Can we talk yeah. about that right now as you discuss yeah. that? Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So communication being like one of the most significant predictors of long-term sexual satisfaction, we have to look at communication in two aspects, micro and macro. Macro communication is let's talk about sex. And then micro communication is the communication that happens before, during, and after sex. It's two different types of communication skills, because one can kind of communicate during sex. Maybe they can say dirty things. Maybe they can say like, oh, put it in here. Maybe they have the confidence and agency to say, do you have contraception? Like, are you wearing a condom? Right. But maybe they don't have the macro skills of, hey, can we sit down and talk about the things I want to explore this year? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's two separate kind of things. And every long-term relationship I, I mean, even short-term relationship too needs both. 
you need to do the macro communication and micro communication. Macro communication, I always recommend people like you can start this conversation as early as the first date. And it sounds controversial because whenever I say this to a journalist, they're like, you recommend talking about sex on the first date? I'm like, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, if I'm trying to normalize it, it should be normal to mention whenever. Like, it's, if I'm in in the line at Starbucks, I, I, I should be able to like say, you know, did you masturbate today? You seem happy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if Put we're trying to bit. normalize talking about it as if it's like nothing, um, like the weather, then we should be able to say on a first date, like, so, you know, sexually, what are you like? Like, mm -hmm. you know, what are you like and what do you like? Right. Like, why can't we have that kind of conversation? And then, of course, like when you start dating, talking more in depth about preferences, expectations, and then, you know, even when you start to like be in a relationship, talking about what kind of relationship structures are you thinking about? You know, is there a potential of exploring these ABC in the future? But then again, all of these are only available to the people that have already done their personal work, right? Mm -hmm. You can't really talk about the things that you prefer without without knowing the things that you prefer, right? Mm -hmm. If you don't know your preferences, you really can't have these kinds of conversations. So we have to kind of like dial it back um, to the study and look at these other variables that come before sexual communication because the model is... Here are the three variables that predict sexual communication that predicts long-term sexual satisfaction. So I already mm -hmm. mentioned it. The first one is sexual self-esteem, like knowing your self-worth, knowing that you deserve pleasure, knowing that you deserve a good sexual relationship, either with your long-term or short-term partner. Um, so sexual self-esteem is extremely important and it's like prerequisite to all the things. By talking to both of you, I already know you have like really high sexual self-esteem and that you can advocate for yourself because you know you're worth it. But that's the epidemic in the world right now is a lot of young people don't understand that they are worthy uh, due to a lot of social comparison due to social media. Back when we were young, like I'm 35, when I was young, there's no social media. So I don't see these millions of other people going on private jets, buying Gucci, like at the age of 18, right? But kids these days see these things young and they compare themselves to all these other people and therefore don't really feel that self-worth. And, you know, that sexual self-esteem part will then... Yeah, it's like people base themselves on what they have, not what who they are. Mm -hmm. And I always say, I, I, I tell this, I have three stepdaughters and they're all beautiful. And I'm just like, your value and your worth is never based on the things that you have. It's always, or the experiences even that you have. Yes, on right. some level. However, you, and, and I didn't mean to interrupt you because you were on a, a great one. And and I just wanted to say that for the young people, if there are young people or even even people that aren't super young, like uh, that, this is why my my interaction and my relationship with social media has shifted because I would be one of those people that would judge what I have and on and thinking that's who I am. And I'm like, yeah. no, just because I'm not flying on a private jet, just because I don't have my partner sending me Louis Vuitton handbags that I'll never use yeah. all the time, like uh, that doesn't make me a person that isn't lovable, valuable, and highly, you know, beautiful. For this world to be in. So yeah, same with you, Amy. And same with you, Dr. Tom. Thank you. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> Thank you. Woo. <laughs> so what's okay? So that's the two. So that's okay. So, uh, well, or sex, sexual self esteem is number one. And then communicate yes. communication number two? Or do we skip? Yes. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. So two more. Okay, yes. Ooh. 
What's next? Oh, wait, we have to guess. Oh. Next is really, really close to sexual self-esteem. And sometimes people use this word into inter- confidence. Yeah. Yes. Oh, good job, yeah. Amy. <laughs> I was it's, thinking something else. Well, like balls. I was thinking balls again. <laughs> yeah. Because the goals. Yeah. Squirrel <laughs> but balls. Sexual confidence that comes from within, sexual confidence that's not based on the feedback of the other person, like sexual confidence that's based on self-evaluation. Um, so this is a big part of whether or not a person decides to communicate about sex. People who score high in sexual self-confidence um, are significantly more likely to communicate, like advocate for their own sexual needs and desires. People mm-hmm. who are moderate to low sexual confidence tend to not. So that's kind of like another prerequisite is like we got to work on that first in order for people to start implementing these communication um, tips and strategies that we hear. Mm. The third, I mean, the last variable you want to guess, this has been talked about a lot in the last, I would say, two to three years, ever since COVID. I think this comes to mind a lot. (gasps) Um, Independence. uh, No, No. it is (laughs) It is like something that you do as a person. Uh, so it is sex related, but it's not necessarily masturbation. Oh, self pleasure um, practices. So that's within this realm. But what is it? We're not good <laughs> at this game. We're <laughs> what is it that we're Do-do-do. really people are really promoting? There's you know like apps for it. There's um, desire arousal. It's uh, related uh, uh, to like AI. Someone else. To- <laughs> Wait, it's related to what? Wait, say it. Related to like tantra, like what's the, what's in here? Breath energy. Oh, oh, your, your brain is your biggest sex organ. So get out of your head and into your body. Um, Be more one with Buddha. Be with Buddha. What's the word for it? Um, Oneness. uh, Starts with an M. um, Mime. (laughs) Um, Really? Mime? Mind what? Mind, oh, meditation. Mind, oh, my, oh, mindfulness. Yes. Mindfulness. Oh, God damn it. That was, that was painful for everyone. It's probably like, oh man, we're fast forwarding. Like, bearing oh, with I us, everyone. They're listening and guessing as well. I hope they're listening and guessing. They're as like, well. fuck, Amy and April, it's mindfulness. If you're not watching YouTube, though, Dr. Tara was giving us lots of yeah. signals. She was like, praying yeah. and like, then like bowing and, and like, it, it's like, that it, was great. I was like, how do we not get, I was like, meditation, <laughs> masturbation. Um, okay. So please continue. Clowns. Okay. They're in the car, like <laughs> it's mindfulness, Amy and April. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. So sexual mindfulness was a variable that I very much wanted to study independently, but I thought, okay, why not throw it into this big study too to see what kind of interaction it has with sexual satisfaction and the other variables, right? Because we know sexual mindfulness as its own thing, as an activity, like. Dr. Lori Brado, she talks a lot about sexual meditation and how in her experiments, those activities have helped people from, you know, men that experience ED to women who had cervical cancer, who like had zero sexual desire to then build their sexual desire and feeling sexual again. So I know from reading those studies a while back that this practice is powerful. 
I just wasn't sure how to study it in my own way. Uh, but as a quantitative researcher, I wanted to see well, what this variable, it, how is it related to the other things that I'm already studying? So through it in this study. And of course, I found that sexual mindfulness is one of the most significant predictors of long-term sexual satisfaction. So if you are someone that cannot be present it is highly likely cannot be present during sex. It is highly likely you will not have pleasurable sex in a long run because you can have, maybe you can have a hot, sexy one night stand and it was hot and it was, you know, it serves its purpose. But then in a long-term relationship without the ability to be mindful during sex and to like absorb all the pleasure and feel it in your own skin and your own body and your own breath, then you wouldn't enjoy it as much. And we see this in uh, middle-aged women who claim they don't like sex. Mm -hmm. Perhaps it's the inability to actually enjoy it when it happens. One of the variables, of course, not blaming any woman because it's also the other person mm -hmm. <laughs> that's doing that's doing it as well. You know, it's it's takes two to tango. But at the same time, yeah, like we we see this in a lot of middle aged people, men as well, and women that don't really have the capacity to absorb pleasure. And that's because they don't practice mindfulness in any way. Because there's so many different ways to practice it. Because I have some clients who are like, but I don't, I really dislike meditation. And I'm like, there are other ways, you know. I think meditation is just a mainstream one that we talk about a lot. Sexual meditation is something I do daily and it has benefited me like huge, huge ways. But there are other ways. Like there's breath work, right? Taking deep breaths when you're in a car. Um, like noticing your breath in your body. There's... um. Uh, visualization, like just looking at something and visualizing it to be successful or closing your eyes and visualize something to be successful, um, like having a, an erection, for example. There's uh, journaling. There is like walk meditation where you go on a walk and instead of listening to music or talking on a phone, you just walk silently and be there. So there's so many like activities. You forest can do. bathing. That's what the Japanese yeah, call forest bathing. I love there's forest yes. bathing. Yes. Except that forest that has a lot of corpse. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Have you heard there. of it? Yeah, I have. <laughs> I don't remember. not be walking there. No, don't do that. Or you can moon bathe. I like to moon bathe. Wear your sunscreen, yeah. everyone. When you're moon bathing, wear your moon, wear your moon screen. Um, yeah, I'm like, I'm you, moon bathing. You both meditate, right? Yeah, can, I've been really yeah. bad at, in the last year, though. I've like been actually maybe like two years. I used to be really good about it before 2020. I have to, <laughs> if I don't meditate, I just like I'm like a different person. You would not be as probably prone Same. to saying I yeah. saying I'm like very tuned in. I'm not and, mindful. And it's changed for, for both of us at you know, different times in life, our, our sex lives, uh, because yeah. it taught us the single pointed focus of like staying with the sensations or the breath or something that instead of all the mini streams of consciousness that can be really overwhelming, including yeah. the negative self-talk or or like, what am I going to have for breakfast tomorrow? Things like, that are pointless yeah. to be there when you're in pleasure bill. So yeah, it's it's a complete game changer. And I like that you said it doesn't have to be meditation, though, because right. for a lot of people, they're like, oh, God, I have to sit there for time. rolling. Yeah. Or like it's for hippies yeah. or whatever. So, yeah, made more relatable. Walking, like walking, walking. quietly. I, I really like that. Yeah. yeah. And if you and also if it's your first time doing that, 
maybe just give it a second or third time if it's uncomfortable. Like for me, when I go walk without listening to a podcast or something, I'm like, oh, wait, what do I do? But I used to know how to do it. So I know I can do it now because I used to do it all yeah. the time. And when I was the only child, I did not I pay I attention to weird shit. Yeah. I'm like, whoa, look at that crack on that wall look over there. Or over look there. at that really cool leaf or that cloud. But usually I'm just dragging my dog behind me because he's the worst walker ever <laughs> of all dogs. He's the worst walker. You have to drag him. He marks Aww. every five seconds. Um, he's busy. But we I should... bet like taking care of your dog allows you to be more empathetic which then translates to being a really good lover <laughs> she's like question she's like empathetic, empathetic yeah. lovers no. are the best lovers oh yes yeah i i don't i i would like to say i'd like to agree with you I'm like yes i am but no i get really frustrated with my life and i'm like legend let's fucking go bro it's not about you i'm like dude you're, you're i'm like call I call him Pokey Joe. I'm like, Pokey Joe, get it together. Let's go. Oh, my God. But it's not. And like, he's I'm not mean. offended, though. He's like, I'm fine. No. Fuck you. And then he's like, I'm not going. And then he holds his little paws down and I have to drag him. I'm like, yeah. you're embarrassing. You're embarrassing. Me. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, oh, he's worse. No, not the Asian mom. <laughs> <laughs> She's the Asian mom. You're embarrassing here. me. Yeah. You're not performing you're well. Only yeah, you're an embarrassment. Yeah. I know. And I'm like, <laughs> OK, so we should do a rapid fire thing because we have to wrap up. I don't want yes. to because you're you're you really are. I can see why. You are the just like the the internet doctor for things. Obviously, if I have a rash, I'm not going to text you <laughs> or send a picture of it to you. Be like, Doctor Tar, what do you think this rash resident is? Expert. I got the uh, resident sex. We'll send sex and relationships. I think sex we'll and relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm learning so much and also just enjoying uh, sharing. And Amy, rapid fire for Doctor Tar. We, we hate wanna, rapid fire, so we want to do fire rapid fire, fire because it makes us really uncomfortable. And so we're actually going to try it with you. But you're also the yeah. internet's resident sex expert, so you're like the person we should ask. So, okay, start. And they're, they're all going to be about positions. Number one, best positions for pussy owners having sex with penis owners who have smaller cocks. Um, lifted missionary. Put that butt under. I mean, put the pillow under the butt so that the so it angles like directly at the penis. The penis can go as deep at it as it possibly can. Oh, I love that. I love that. Okay. Right. Best positions for pussy owners having sex with a huge cock. Like too Four huge cocks. for their pussy, but they're like, I want to have sex with because I love this cock. Oh yeah, love it. Spooning. Spooning was really good because like you close your leg. So like it, it has like meat in, like, and a cushion so that it, it allows for the big penis to kind of um, get uh, stimulated, even though they can't go in all the way. Oh, stimulated like by that. the leg, le the leg like, meat, the thighs. It's, yeah, yeah, it's like a bumper that you make yourself. Yeah. So there's that yeah, product, the, cock oh, bumper. Like the, the O nut, which is yeah. awesome. It's like a bumper you put on the cock, but you are, you're saying your thighs can be that's and that's also a workout, right? Because you're getting Ooh. like thigh. But also you're like, like relaxing. The same yeah. Time. Yeah. So you're getting thigh like stimulation. Yes. Ooh. Ooh, I love that. Okay. Best positions for going down on a pussy. Mouth on pussy. Ooh, pussy worshiping. So um, the <laughs> man, man on the floor, uh, woman on the edge of the bed, lift her legs and man like on the floor, just go at it. Ooh, on his knees. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That is going I in love the that. Instagram clips. For sure. right. Okay, so that best <laughs> positions for going down on a cock. Ooh, I'm a fan of uh, hovering. So I lay down flat and my husband hovers his penis, his penis into my mouth and then he can move, move it up and down so that I can like deep throat, but not really doing the work. And then you can also grab his like ass a, like or his a, hips. Like a doll. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I know. I don't even do that. <laughs> so wait. So wait. I just is this lay the same as open my mouth. <laughs> is this different? Is this the same as face fucking then? Yeah. Oh, okay. Face fucking. I would say face fucking is probably way more like um 
like engaging. Then okay. I, I I like this. I think men really like it too because it it feels like you're having sex with like a a sex doll. I like I'm all about this position. And for me, when I'm doing it, I can do a variation of like I want you to like essentially fuck my face. Like you're doing the movement, I'm just laying here. Yeah. And then sometimes I'm like okay, no face fucking, but I'm gonna take your hips and my hands. And it's it's not mm. a lot of work. I'm just barely like pulling I do them that all the time. Even when if I'm like not laying down, I'll do it when like the cock is like in front of me because I like. I like yes. uh, I like the feeling. I like the uh, and so does he usually because I, I ask. Obviously. Oh yeah, like when you sit on the bed and they stand up. Yeah, and then Ooh. they like fuck your mouth. Yeah, yeah. so I, like grab I mean, have to be there and be yes. pretty. And yeah. that's not a lot of work for anyone either. You're sitting, they're standing. <laughs> <Exactly>. Everyone wins. <laughs> yeah, we're we're all fans of not a lot of work. We're efficiency. during the day. Yeah. Okay, it's working smarter, yeah. not harder, yeah. people. Exactly. <laughs> Oh my God, talking about that, working smarter and not harder. I was just talking about quickies the other day and how like quickies are so amazing. And I can't believe that it's been stigmatized for so long for like lazy people. Yeah. You know, like, oh, you got to have sex for like three hours, man. I'm like, no, I don't. Mm -mm. No, I don't. <laughs> no. no. I say a hell no to that. I'm like, okay. Yeah. God. Quickies, there's something to say about quickies. There's something to say about the, the longevity I, I can't have sex for hours and hours. I like sometimes if I have a lot of time, the longer sessions, but quickies yeah. are fun. And that's what I love using my toy too. So I can get off faster. And yeah, it's, I encourage my partner. And then you go start quickies. your day. You're like, and you start your day. And yeah. I'm like, I'm glowing. I have the orgasmic glow. Yeah. I'm um, ready for the red carpet. Yeah. I feel like we can hang out with you all day. <laughs> Speaking you. of which, the longevity is here, Dr. Tara. Okay. With mm. us in our conversations. Okay. Um, so I, yeah, we have to wrap up. I'm so bummed. We'll have to at least have you back to Next talk about in person, things. in person. Yes. Cause yeah. you are in California as well. So tell folks out there how to find you, your podcast, uh, also your social handles, because you are so huge on the social media channels. And if you have any other things that you'd like to share, I know you do so much. So uh, please just share with shameless sex listeners. Ken. The Instagrams. <laughs> The grams on the, the grams. TikToks. Yeah. The TikToks. <laughs> on the socials. Yes. Hi, shameless sex listeners. You can find me on my website. That's lovebites.co, L-U-V-B-I-T-E-S.co. My TikTok and Instagram are also lovebites.co. And my podcast is Love Bites by Dr. Tara. It's on all platforms as well as YouTube. Uh, I have my um, ebook. For sexual empowerment, it's a uh, thirty-day exercises for sexual empowerment that you can also find on my website. And do you work? Do so you say clients? Do you work with people privately oh, yeah. as well? Um, I do, but the list is closed currently. Oh, oh sorry, everyone closed. <laughs> well, maybe you Follow can get her on a wait social. list. You can email. Yeah, get, get on the wait on list. Instagrams. I'm sure on uh, Instagram she'll announce when it opens up. Get on the grams and ask, okay? Uh, oh, wow. You are just incredible. It was so great meeting you in person Thank when we were at so the Vibe Show in LA. And then we look forward to seeing you again really soon and having you uh, be the our, our resident uh, doctor here, the sex the sex expert, Dr. Tara, because I think our the show will be great. And tune into Love Bites. That's, uh, I think, really a great name. And to, that's the name of your podcast. Yes. as well. So mm -hmm. Love Bites and it's anywhere podcasts are listened to. Ah, that was such a fun show. It went so fast. I, I couldn't believe that we were already over an hour. And uh, I can't wait to listen to this again because I will um, 
on Monday. So uh, before it airs, I just make sure everything sounds good. Okay. Uh, <laughs> to all of our listeners out there, thank you for your attention and for your love and for your um, your energy and for wanting to change your life. Uh, meaning by having more pleasure and listening to folks like Dr. Tara. If you love us, please show us by giving us some five-star reviews on anywhere they accept reviews. That's iTunes. Um, I think like at some point now we're at like 4.4 stars on iTunes. And some of the reviews are so fucking whack. I looked at some, somebody said gross with one star yeah. and that was it. And I was like, same gross. Yeah. And I'm just like, haters. so if haters going to hate, if you're a troll, you know, go troll yourself like in the bathroom. Okay. <laughs> and if you are a person that listens, Please review. I'm a horrible person with reviewing, but I've started to try to review things that I do love because I think it helps. Oh, I think like 10 to 30 positive reviews will will get rid of that, like not get rid of it, but help with that one negative yeah. one that yeah. was bullshit. And so, some yeah. of them do one stars and like best podcasts I've ever listened to one star. Or some people are like, I, stars right. <laughs> I like to sleep with 15 year olds. Do you one star? And I'm like, what the fuck? We man? got that one deleted. <laughs> yeah. Thank but you. anyway, so I'm, I'm sorry to off on a tangent. But that's my last one. Um, I just feel so safe with all of you and with Dr. Tara and Amy. Thank you. All right. We will see you next Tuesday, everyone. Ciao for now. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code shamelesssex at purepleasureshop.com.